This week's guest on One Question XYZ is my friend and fashion blogger, Alyssa Amoroso, aka Publicity. She is really, really crushing the influencer game on Instagram. She started in PR, she went to blogging, and she shares some secrets and tips and tricks on how to become an influencer. And a lot of you have been listening to this podcast, but some of you have not subscribed. Please subscribe so you can get the latest episodes available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Hey, everybody. Welcome to One Question XYZ. I am so pumped up about our (laughs) special, special, special guest. Some people call her publicity. Yes. That's actually what I call you. It is what you call me. But we also have my co-host, Dahlia, here. Say hello. Hey. And we have our, again, her name's Publicity. On you guys Instagram. could just go, I, Alyssa Amoroso, for those of you at home that don't know me by my brand name. I actually didn't know your name was Alyssa until like, <laughs> later on. Like, like a few months in. <laughs> yeah. Someone was like, what's up with Alyssa? I was like, you mean Publicity? You're like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so give, give me some context. How do you guys know each other? Um, mutual friends, mainly, I would say. Yeah, I think... Through you know some of the Bravo stuff, we yeah. have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah, I think we've met Hamptons. each other sometimes in the Hamptons. Yeah, um, she's because Alyssa and I met last week at our yes. launch party. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for being there to support. It was great. Thanks. I'm looking into doing my own little live show, so it was good for me to see one firsthand. Yeah, we, totally. we paved the way for you. You yeah. paved the way. It, it's been on my radar, but I was like, okay, I'll do it in 2019. Like I was just kind of pushing it off a little bit, but now that I'm kind of seeing more people doing them, and it's just good to get experience. Yeah, what did so. you think of the event itself? I, mean, I loved it. I thought the space specifically would be good for me too because it was at the Real Real in. Where was it? Soho. Soho. And I have such a big fashion following that I'm like, oh, this would also be good for me because they would be like spending money in the space yeah. and browsing because I actually sell a lot of my clothes there. And oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I sell a lot of my designer like old Amazing. stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. So that so, worked out really so well. Give a, well, yeah. Like, give a little context to who you like. Yes. What do you tell people when people ask you, what do uh, you do? The million dollar question. If I am talking to pe- people in my age, like age range, um, more just I am more casual about it because they understand what influencer is or podcast host or digital, you know, someone that works in the digital space. But if I'm talking to someone my parents' age or older, is where I kind of run into a weird, you know, wall. <laughs> I you work in fashion. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I usually say to people, um, you know, I run a digital brand. It consists of a website um, and but most of my the main chunk of my business is on Instagram. Um for those of you listening, that's a fancy way of me saying I'm an influencer. <laughs> but I don't really like to say that because um, I do a lot more. And I think that that kind of makes it sound really fluffy. And I've put a lot of work into what I do. And at the end of the day, I'm like the CEO, the CFO. I do my marketing. I do everything. So I don't want to discredit everything that goes into what I do. Sure. And I feel, I feel and, like the word... Sorry, Dalia. No, I mm-hmm. was going to say, I take appreciation into it because because just like you were saying before, you even edit your own podcast. Like, I oh, yeah. really, really appreciate oh, that. Oh, thank you. And that's the other thing. I edit a po- I host a podcast called the Publicity Podcast. And, I was um, on it. Yeah, Carl was on I was, it. That was a special, special guest. Yes. <laughs> and it's... Um, I mean, it's great. I do. I'm self-taught with everything. I've um, helped. I mean, I built my website. My friend Chelsea, that's actually in the room with us, she helped me build my website, which you I'm so thankful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's great because um, I like you know I built it and then she helped me like refine it and then I built my podcast and then Anchor where we're recording they helped me refine it. Like you do as much as you can and then you use the people around you to be like, what am I missing? Right. Because. 
you could try to teach yourself as much, but at the you end of the day, just oh. Google, Google it. But I, I also Google. think that that's why, like, there's a community, and you mm-hmm. you get the support from the community. Yeah. So I'm, we were even talking before about like editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know that's the thing. I'm like, okay, I can end a video, but now how do I edit? podcast audio. So I had to teach myself that. So it's just a lot of like, honestly, YouTube is a great resource. I'm sure you guys look at it. I use YouTube for tying a bow tie. Actually, Ooh, at a wedding recently, uh-huh. which was amazing. It actually worked. No, it's so good. YouTube is so helpful for like the, <laughs> there's the anything. Teaching. Like I wanted to get um, a desktop computer, um, and I'm like, I wonder if this monitor works with my laptop. And there was like a video about like compatibility. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is great. Wait, like, now I'm now I'm listening to everything that you're saying. Yeah. I'm like, should I get a desktop computer? I, see, I wanted a desktop. You, so you want like mission control? You want like a nice firm? Yeah. Well, I edit my photos. I work from home, which is a big thing, and I work from coffee shops 90 percent of the time or wherever. Like today, I was just walking around all day, so I'll probably be up late answering emails. But the thing is that I my schedule is so untraditional, and some mornings I wake up and I'm in my bed working on things or at my desk, and I edit a lot of photos in Lightroom. I'm doing video. I'm doing audio. So having a big like desktop computer, I feel like will be so much easier. Totally. I, ha- I have a nice desktop setup. Yeah. It's very helpful. Again, so hopefully you, Santa... Make you feel professional. <laughs> Santa, yes. if you're listening. Were you a good girl this year? <laughs> a good influencer this year? I, I was. So maybe, talk, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe someone will send you a monitor to influence for. Seriously, please. Uh, Anyone listening? Go ahead, go ahead, Dahlia. Sorry. So talking about influencers, mm-hmm. um, Carl, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, we've had a couple of amazing people on mm-hmm. here, but... Um, so when you start like getting into this space, how mm-hmm. do you decide, okay, I want to become an influencer? What, what, yeah. how, what does that process look like? I think it's different for me than some people, um, which is, might be weird to hear, but I had a blog in college, plenty of blogs, Alyssa PR, Alyssa this, a, a Tumblr, a blog spot. I would talk about, I had eight internships in college. Wow. So I was That's impressive. No, Did you have any friends? <laughs> Very social. <laughs> but I just was, I wanted to go into fashion originally. So I was like, if I want to make it in the fashion styling world, like I need to have a lot of internships. I need to work my butt off. So I had so many internships. A lot of them were remote, which is why I had so many. So like I would um, blog for a website website called College Fashionista. So I would just do it from the comfort of my like dorm. Um, so I always had a lot of internships. I always had a blog. And then when I, f- I actually graduated college. Where did you um, go to college? Just for our listeners. Sacred Heart University in Connecticut, a nice. small little private school. Very small. My niece um, just went there. Really? Yeah. I love Sacred Heart. Yeah, Shoot. I heard the town is really cute. <laughs> it's really cute. It's in Fairfield, Connecticut. Really Bridgeport though, which isn't so cute, but it's okay. You get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I graduated on a Friday and I started working on a Monday. That's incredible. And again, just me being like, I need to get a job. I need to get a job. Are you sure you didn't go to FIT? <laughs> <laughs> I actually applied there at one point because I was, you know, first semester you're like, I don't, what am I doing? And I was like, I need to transfer. Think, I'm happy I didn't. But um, so I started working like right away. And at that point, my blog fell to the wayside because- so where were you working? What was I was working um, in lifestyle PR. Um, I had four PR jobs. So in like five years. And there's a few things which behind that. Um, first of all, my first job was absolutely awful. Devil Wears Prada. Like I was working with really cool clients, and but the people were 
really not nice. My boss would like make me run her personal errands and it was my first job. So I didn't realize that wasn't professional. So I would be like making her dress appointments for her wedding and going to the store to print photos for her and make a wedding album. Like I literally was her personal assistant and like, that's not what I'm I was hired you didn't to get do. Bridal after that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's besides the point, but I worked in PR. My blog fell to the wayside. I was doing a lot of events. So I was, um, actually my first year in the city was when the Super Bowl was in New York, which was really cool because I was doing really high-end press for like um, the VMAs after party or um, the Playboy party during Super Bowl. And I was always with celebrities and and it was cool and splashy, but my life, I wasn't fulfilled because you're going, okay, so I'm, I'm at the VMA party. Sounds cool, right? You see it on my Instagram. It looks like I'm with celebrities. What I'm really doing is sitting outside in 40 degree weather for four hours until 3 a.m. checking people's names on the list. Like I'm like a doorman, you know? Door girl. <laughs> yeah, door girl. And that's really what PR is when you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Like you're just running the events, you're doing the grunt work. And I was just like, this is awful. Um, so long, there's a long story to get to how I got to where I am now. But then I, I continued to jump around in, in PR because I kind of noticed that the only way to get ahead, honestly, in the industry was and to make more money was to switch companies. There was very little promotion from within. And even if you were promoted from within, it was maybe like a 5% raise. Whereas if you switched, you can get like a 20% raise. What's like the standard? Are you like, oh, my first job, and I don't even care to say this because it's laughable. My salary was $27,000. Oh my goodness. Wait, is that not how crazy? Long ago that? Five years ago. So it probably hasn't changed. I was gonna say much. it's probably about the same. Yeah, it's pro- they're probably making like thirty. No, I really should have been at least making like thirty, but my company was so cheap. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't care. I just wanted a job, and I was hungry for experience. But that's why I, I switched so much because I was getting huge bumps every time I would switch. So I kept moving around and I kind of had that in the back of my head. I'm like, I don't really care if I'm not making any money right now because this is a stepping stone for me. I'm gonna get there. And how often would you switch jobs? Like, was it before a year, Um, six months, year and a half? My first job, I stayed there 10 months and moved. Um, Then I started a second job and I stayed there for about probably like 10 months. And then my last two jobs were like a year and a half at each. I feel like that's a good time to stay on board. I mean, it's not like... Sounds, you made it sound like you're like just bopping around like quickly. Yeah, but four like, jobs in five years is a lot. It's a lot. I would say. But I think a, that's a lot of experience. As I say, that's your resume definitely mm-hmm. has a diverse yeah. background. Well, my first two jobs were in entertainment. My second job then I was working with a lot of like rappers and athletes and people in entertainment. And then my second two jobs, I switched over to consumer PR because I was really just like this glamorous. Yes, it looks glamorous, but it's not. It's not. Checking off names on all. a spreadsheet at yeah. two in the morning. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm in the girls. studio with a rapper, but like I'm up until 4 a.m. and then I have to go to work the next day and work a full day. That's it's not rough. cool. Yeah. So I went switched over to consumer PR and then this is when I s- decided to start blogging again because I was working for um, brands like Neosporin and Band-Aid and Johnson Johnson, all their like all the products under that umbrella. And we started hiring influencers for campaigns. And at this point, there was a turn in the media where we went from just gifting influencers free stuff to then paying them. And I remember this big blogger who's still really big. I remember we paid her something like, you know, like $30,000 or like 60, you know, like something crazy. And I was like, what What the hell? (laughs) I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, oh my God. And how long ago was that? Just like, like two years ago, probably okay. three years ago. And I, um, 
I was like, I'm going to start a blog. And when I get an idea in my head, I do it. Um, and my soul sister. <laughs> yeah. And we hired this girl um, for a campaign at work. Um, her name is Katie. Katie's Bliss is her blog. I mentioned her in all my interviews because honestly, like whether she realized it or not, my conversation with her was extremely pivotal in me starting my blog because I realized that we had hired her for a campaign. And at the time she was my age and she was also a publicist. So I'm like, we're paying her for this campaign, but she still gets a salary because she's still working in PR. Like, why can't I be doing that? So I text, I emailed her and I said, hi, Katie, you know, we hired you for an event at work. I'm in a similar position to you. I work in PR. We're around the same age. I would love to pick your brain. And we went and got drinks and dinner and I asked her all my questions. I was like, are you embarrassed to post pictures of yourself? Because I was really nervous what people, people were going to think I was very conceited if I just like went one day and just started posting so many f- solo photos of myself. And she was like... And by the way, your photos are beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And she was like, no, I'm not. She was like, who cares? And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, and then I was like, and how do you balance it? And she was like you know, I like it. Like I make it work. And I just had this conversation with her and I was like, she's right. So the next day, again, when I have an idea, like there's no stopping me. Some people are very like methodical. They'll think of something and then they'll plan it for six months and they'll plot it out. I'm like, Next day, publicity.com was bought on GoDaddy. Like I had my domain. Well, my Insta- what's the name? Or what's the back background of the name? Um, I actually had publicity just before my it's blog. It's like a mashup of Alyssa and, and publicist. publicist. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, and publicity. That, yeah. So yeah, for those of you listening, it's P U B L Y S S I T Y. So it's publicity, and um, I had it before anything. Um, and then I was like, I'm just going to keep the same handle because at that point I was in entertainment, so I already had like 3,000 followers just from being tagged in pictures with at events and stuff. Um, so I just. One day I announced it on my Instagram. I said, I launched my website, launched my website like that. It was like so crappy. It wasn't that good. And um, I'd say pretty soon after I started getting sent free stuff, then some money started rolling in. And then I balanced um, working in PR full time and doing my blog on the side for two and a half years. Wow. Well, I, I was going to ask, because I've, yeah. I've worked, I mean, obviously being on a Bravo show yeah. and having a full-time job, mm-hmm. the company can look at it two ways. It mm-hmm. can be a value add to the company or it could be a distraction. Yes. How did you handle that while you're working full-time? Hmm. And then also, like, if people look yeah. at your Instagram, you're at an event or doing some modeling mm-hmm. shots or influencing for a product? So for my, my first job, I was very transparent about it because I started it while I was working there. And I would talk to my coworkers and be like, I think I'm going to start a blog. And they were like, yeah, do it. So they were on board kind of. And I was really aware of the fact that I would post either before work, during lunch, or after work. I didn't want to look like I was doing anything. Doing, yeah, on, on company time. Even yeah. though I like was, but yeah. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I wound up leaving there and I went to a new job and... In my interview, I used it as like a sales point. I was like, um, I know the influencer landscape extremely well. I'm rubbing elbows with the people that you're targeting. Um, I have pr- so many friends in the space that I could have do favors for me so you don't have to pay them to do things. Like, I really used it to kind of sell myself in. And then once I was in, I didn't talk about it too much. 
But when I was at my last job is when it really grew. Like I was at 30,000 followers there, 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers. Like they really saw me grow. And then at 100,000 followers, I was like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> like, bye. <laughs> I'm out. So, so talk about that growth a little bit. Like how did that happen? Mm-hmm. It almost seems like it happened really quickly. Yeah. So it was about, I think, two and a half years to get to 100,000 followers. Um, there are growth tactics. Um, growth hacking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, there are a lot of giveaways that influencers do. If I say I'm going to give away this Gucci bag and I team up with 30 other bloggers and we each chip in, let's say $200 and we buy a Gucci bag and we gift it to one person and to enter to win the bag, you have to follow all of us. So then we get a few thousand followers in one sitting. Um, that's what real engaged that's what followers. Yeah. Cool. So they're people that you're just getting eyeballs on your page because Instagram isn't like what it used to be. It's very oversaturated. So it's not like there's just one fashion blogger. So you get all the followers. People that follow me likely follow a handful of other fashion influencers. So it's like, how could you differentiate yourself? What could you offer them? Um, So I did some giveaways. I did tons of networking. Do you do any kind of... I know someone that like, you'll go in and like add add people. Yeah, you do like some of your own just like, um, kind of tactics. We call that follow and follow in the follow influencer follow. industry, <laughs> and it's highly you frowned upon. <laughs> I, well, I, that's I mean, yeah. we can talk about this in a minute. It's frowned upon because it works. First of all, you follow, let's say, six hundred people. Fifty percent of those people follow you back. You unfollow them. That happens to me all the time. All the time. So <laughs> why it's frowned upon is because I've seen the same five people. Someone the other day, I'm like, dude, you've been following me on and off for four years. Like, <laughs> get it together. It's like embarrassing at some point because I'm like, I see you. Um, but you probably use one of those. I like, did that in the rats. beginning. But isn't, I, isn't, there, yeah. isn't there any kind of, I've heard about hashtags, particular hashtags that mm-hmm. are like the most searched hashtag, I think, in the world is New York Fashion Week or NYFW. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Like the number one tagged. Uh, yeah, hashtag. it makes so sense. We're I all posting that was a lot. True, unfortunately, the number one hashtag is love. <laughs> really? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, top five. Top, yeah. Something like that. But if you search those hashtags, sometimes people get yeah. more discoverability in that. Um, I just started using hashtags again. Um, I wasn't for a while, and I saw my impressions on my photos go up generously. Without hashtags or with? With. Really? They went up like, I'd say double, fifty percent. My impressions. I go back and forth. But then listen. So now I've been using them, and there's this thing called shadow band. Which I don't know if there's someone from Instagram here. They they like to say a lot of it's just like rumors and this and that. So I don't even know if this is an educated. That. Yeah, but right now I put hashtags and I could tell because I could see my analytics. Um, they're not taking like my. Yeah. I'm not coming up under those hashtags, so I'm no longer getting discovered from them. Instagram does this thing where it like shadow bans your profile from using hashtags. I don't know if that's the correct. Um, Way to describe it. I understand it so much. Okay, so so you use specific hashtags. They feel like you're taking advantage of it, and then they I don't. Ban I don't you for all hashtags. It's or? not that they banned you, but for a little, they like banned your profile from getting seen if you use a certain hashtag. That's BS. Oh. Yeah, because I've been looking under my analytics, and I'm like, wait, my hashtags aren't working anymore. So do you that, try new hashtags? Is that when you try to switch them out? Um, I. I'm just back to not using them. Yeah. Like I, I'm back to what I was doing to begin with. That's not that's a way to get more um, eyes on your content, but that's not necessarily a way to get a lot of followers. Um, to get followers, I mean, there's no secret sauce. If there was, I would have a million followers right now. I'd be on my private jet. But like, <laughs> you're not flying out yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> People always ask me that though. They're, like the number one question is like, how do I grow my audience? And 
I'll have educated conversations with my dad because he's kind of who I look to for business advice. And he'll, he has no idea about Instagram, but he'll be like, so how do you get to the next level? And I'm like, dad, if I knew I would be there, (laughs) we're all working towards the same goal. Now, did you think, I mean, my story may be a little different. I never intended to, I do some influencing, no, no degree to that you are, but obviously being on a reality show, like Mm -hmm. it's grown, my following's grown very quickly, Mm -hmm. probably the same amount as you and maybe two and a half years. However, I've fallen into influencing and I'm mm-hmm. not as com- I'm not comfortable with it at all. I think it's awkward. I've done some certain yeah. campaigns which are interesting to say the least, <laughs> yeah. but for for money. Um like did you really intend to like be like an Instagram influencer? Is it like mm-hmm. the blogging that really we were passionate about? No, it was the Instagram. I I started it with like money that was in your mind. Intent. That was your like main I focus. started this is the thing, and I hate to say that because then it makes it sound like I don't enjoy what I'm doing. No, I love that you're saying it. You're so I, honest. I also started because First of all, this is like really funny, but you know when you go on a date or something and people are like, so what are your hobbies? I was like, I don't have one hobby. I'm not kidding. I was like, um, it's guys are easy. They go pay um, basketball with their friends or uh, golf. I'm like, girls don't really, like, aside from shopping, what am I doing? So I kind of started my blog. That's a hobby. Yeah. What's your I, hobby, Dahlia? Yeah, it's shopping. I like the farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, what's my hobby? It's not like I'm painting or writing poetry or whatever it may be. So I started my blog for two reasons. One, I needed a hobby. Two, I wanted, I saw the business opportunity. So do I enjoy what I do? Absolutely. I love it. But um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't start it because I saw where it could go. Sure. Now, what's Wait, one th- can I Can I actually come back yeah. to my hobby? Of course. Experiences. I will consume any type of experience. I was at FAO Schwartz today. Oh, I, true. Yeah, yeah. I went to Bryant Park uh, shop. Like, I love experiences. So that might be my hobby. That's Just exploring, answer. trying new things. Yeah. Yeah, I guess travel is one of mine. You know, there's plenty of things, but I felt like there wasn't something on a weekend I could just, like, go pick up and do. You know? I like yeah, that. the farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously, like the blogging thing is something I think a lot of us have. We maybe did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. We still have blogs floating around. I, you know, now that you're Instagram, like, do you yeah. still blog? Like, is that do you drive people yeah. from your Instagram to your blog? Or no, vice versa? honestly, I should. Um, this is the thing. A blog is the one thing that us as influencers own. We don't own our Instagrams. They could take it down at any minute. I want to like so, frame that statement because I say, yeah, it in say my that classes one, all the time. Yeah. Say that one more time again. Yeah. Our, Your website or whatever you create for yourself outside of your Instagram is the only thing that you own. So I don't own my Instagram, um, which is why I'm... And I think this is because I have a branding background. I'm creating a brand for myself. I have a podcast. I'm launching something in 2019 that will be another extension of my brand that I will own. I'm not announcing it yet. Um, Well, clearly, we're going to have to do another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm kind of like, if Instagram were to go away tomorrow... How would I make money? You know, it's weird. This is actually probably the fifth time I've had this conversation today. With really, yeah, just people saying the same thing. I think people are getting smarter. But I I also think it's scary landscape out there. Yeah, we Dolly and I attended a digital marketing conference, Mm -hmm. and there was a a guy from a company in in London, and they talk about fake influencers or. Mm All these like and the, the influencers dying, and maybe kind of like you're afraid to tell people that don't know what influencers is that you are. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird saying you're an influencer. It's almost like you're like it's like I'm um, cool. It's, it's, it sounds <laughs> you know? like a, like a little self serving, but yeah. I think it sounds like to me the influencer world is coming down or being kind of broken apart by Instagrams. You know, mm-hmm. you know their algorithms, yeah. Facebook. Is there another platform besides blogging, Instagram, that you maybe foresee that's not being utilized as well, or maybe something you're looking at? 
trying um, like Instagram stories. Maybe well, that's yeah, powerful, but very powerful. I think like Instagram TV. We've talked about a little bit. Yeah. this podcast. I, started, I don't really watch it. Still. I started uploading some things to Instagram TV, but I don't consume Instagram TV either. To be honest, yeah, neither do I. Um, it's not top of mind. Like mm-mm. only today did I see like a red indicator to kind of guide me back to Instagram. TV. Yeah, I, yeah. I it's, never see it. it is there any other platforms besides the like the main? <sighs> So I met with this guy. His name's um, James Nord. He's the founder of this company called Four. And he is an influencer marketing agency. And I interviewed him for my podcast. And he said something that really resonated with me. A YouTube channel. Great YouTube. And he's a little harsh. Like he doesn't sugarcoat things. But what he said, it resonated with me. And I'm like, this is, you're right. He said, what makes you think if there's a new platform, you're going to be the one that people want to follow? Because your fans from Instagram aren't going to convert to a new platform, most likely. So it's harsh. It's but it's think about it. True. I'm 27, going on 28 next in a few weeks. There's so many like teeny boppers and Gen Z. They're going to be the ones. If a new platform comes out, they're going to be the ones likely owning that platform, not sure. us. So. It's kind of like, what could I do with the platform that I have and the audience that I have while I have their attention to now take that and build something outside of my Instagram? So I don't think it's that there's like a new platform that we all need to get be the first ones on because I'm not sure we'll be the ones to necessarily succeed on a new platform. Sure. Now, if you uh, to kind of switch gears. Yeah. Um, so as far as like, it sounds like you did a lot of outreach to certain companies and brands you really liked to yeah. try and work with them. I've done similar, like, mm-hmm. certain, you know, clothing stuff for men or like other mm-hmm. products. What's the the balance of things that you are getting mm-hmm. inbound and the balance outbound? Because like a sales yeah. guy, like I sell myself to mm-hmm. brand, and you're also getting sold by brands. What percentage is inbound? What percentage is yeah. outbound? Yeah, my business has really changed. The first two years, I was a hardcore hustler, pitching myself to everyone. I would, I think this is a smart tactic for those of you that want to copy it. I would. Um, Go look at who are the bachelor contestants, what brands are they working with? Because whatever brands are hiring them, I know they have money because I know those people's rates are through the roof. So I would go look at the FabFit funds, the Sugar Bear Hair, the, whatever it may be, and I would pitch myself to those brands and secure myself partnerships. And how are you, how are you reaching out to them? Just well, them? since I was a publicist first, like I could pitch, you know? So what I would do is... How do you get their contact information? Um, or the right Usually I would try to find something on... Their Facebook actually has a lot of emails buried in it, like the brand's Facebook. That's my secret trick, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to like Sugar Hair Bear or whatever it is, Sugar Sugar Bear Hair, Hair. (laughs) their Facebook page, like they, yeah, they likely have an email, whereas the website might not have it as visible. So you could just find an email, ask someone to, um, or I would DM them and say, is there a press and or a PR social contact I can reach out to? Now, how detailed is your proposal? Is it just like, hey, I'm Alyssa, I'm publicity, here's my following? This is what I'm thinking. Or do you like really outline like Mm. details what you're trying to do? My pitching tactic is always to go in soft and then like don't, I don't believe in sending someone six paragraphs. No one's going to read it. I've been pitched on the other end. Plenty of times I've gotten so many emails and I don't care. Like I get the email and I'm like, this is too much information. Where's the punchline? Yeah, what am I? What am I really yeah. here for? So I just would go in, super brief. Um, Hi, my name's Alyssa Amoroso. I'm a big fan of your brand. I would absolutely love to talk to someone um, about promoting your product to my X amount of followers. Um, are you the right contact? Have you ever super gotten, simple? That's good advice. I'm actually going to take some. Yeah. As well. Then they answer. Then you hit them with what? Um, first of all, you want to know what they're looking for. Do they have budget? Are they willing to pay? Do they just want to give you stuff for free promotion? Once you figure out that they're maybe willing to pay, then I would say, 
um, could I put together a top line proposal? And I would tear out. This is when I was like intensely pitching myself. Now it's just reactive for the most part. I would like tear out different things. So my first tier would be super expensive. Then my mid tier would be like moderate. And then my low tier would be something that I'd still be happy getting, but kind of low. And they usually go for the mid tier one. Yeah. I feel like there's a strategy. So the that. tiers. That's a, that's a sales thing yeah. Right there. yeah. Give people so, three options. That yes. For the middle, so how usually. expensive is expensive? Um, well, now my numbers are much different than when I used to be pitching myself. It depends. Someone asked me the other day what it would cost for like 25 posts or something absurd. And I quoted them like $50,000. I don't think that's an absurd um, amount. It depends what it is. If it's an Instagram post, if it's a story, if it's whatever it may be. Um, the rule of thumb for influencers general is um, for every like thousand followers, you will... No, let me restructure that. So if you have 10,000 followers, you could charge like $100. If you have 20,000 followers, you could charge 200. These numbers have kind of been more inflated as the time's gone on. But if you have 200,000 followers, you should be charging at minimum $2,000 a post. Yeah. At minimum. But if you're super engaged, like if I had, I don't, but if I had 200,000 followers, I'd probably be charging anywhere from 2,500 to $3,000 a post. And do you ever price out like a little higher for something maybe you're not as excited about doing, but the money's pretty decent? Absolutely. Yeah. And I also price out higher for brands that I know have big budgets. Now, is there a brand that you I you've, think you have to, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a brand you're still dreaming about working with and dreaming and dream, and you're still fighting to try and get in touch with them? Hmm. Or do you just kind of give up and say, screw it, I've got all these other companies? Um, I would love I to have partner. One I'm trying to get a hold of, and I still can't. Put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll save it for later. Yeah. It's about, I, this is about you right now. I am. Um, would love to partner up with more airlines. I've partnered with Norwegian Air, which is cool. Um, if I could do like a JetBlue or something, that would be insane. Uh, our last guest was talking about JetBlue. Really? I forget why. It's Maybe. because the COO goes to the farmer's market. Right. <laughs> it all comes back so to the farmer's market. Go to the farmer's market, meet the JetBlue yes. CEO. Yes, COO. <laughs> yeah, so I would love any kind of travel. I think that would be amazing. It's not. It's pretty rare that airlines work directly with no, you were just influencers. In, you were just in Paris with Paris. one of your other influencer yes. friends. For now, what was, Fashion Week. Now, what was the pretense of that? Did you girls like just kind of book a trip for yourselves and then like the mm-hmm. goal was to get a ton of content, get a lot of different looks yeah. and things, or was that supported by another influencer campaign? So you kind of want to be seen places when you're an influencer because it makes the brands um, see that you're immersed in pop culture or happenings. Um, so it's just a good look to go. So like me and the same friend went to Coachella, Coachella together. Coachella. Coachella. <laughs> it's a long day. I, I also had a glass of wine before this podcast. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I want one Next week we should totally do a glass of wine yeah. for podcast. <laughs> so I, um, I went to Paris. Um, I pitched my, okay. So this again, me, I don't know if a lot of influencers do this stuff, but I think because I'm a publicist, I... I really appreciate that you <laughs> yeah. do these type of things. So, I think that it's like true form to what should mm-hmm. be happening. So a brand reached out to me, Norwegian Air, um, when I was still at my old jobs, saying, they emailed me at like 12 a.m. being like, hey, we're leaving um, to go to the Galapagos Islands tomorrow. Could you come? I'm like, tomorrow? Like, I have a full-time job. Like, there's no way I could swing this. It was like an urgent email and it didn't work out. But I was like this is a sick content, like contact to have. Like I need to stay in touch with them. So I literally stayed on that woman for months and months and months and months until she agreed to fly me out to Paris for fashion week. Oh, okay. Uh, So turns out 
it was through Norwegian Air, but their plane was like had to get inspected or something. So we wound up flying a different airline. So I got flown out to Paris for free, but I didn't even have to promote them. So I was just like it, like chilling in Paris. That's <laughs> but, amazing. But yeah, we, I mean, we worked with Revolve. We worked with. Um, shop up they send us clothes and we take photos and really it's just about um connecting we went to a few events and what's cool about the influencer world is that someone that I met in Coachella was in Paris and someone that I knew from New York I ran into at an event and it's like we all see each other at different touch points around the world and that's the part of the job that really is is interesting and cool yeah because it's the people you know and it's who's in your network and it's like whoa hey we're in Paris together yeah like these you know it sounds like you're having I I ask this question a lot (laughs) yeah it sounds like you're having a lot of fun you're Mm -hmm. making some money you're doing your own thing yeah your boss lady you got some stuff coming out in 2019 (laughs) yeah Can you talk to me about something that is not so fun or like a partnership you've had? I've had some in my past that did not go as well. Dolly Mm. actually knows one of them. Um, Yeah. I I had a company send me some clothing and I didn't follow the terms that they expected. It was never outlined, but Mm. they were frustrated with how my responsiveness was and the the fact that I didn't upload any photos. (laughs) But Um, have you had anything like you've just go sour for whatever reason or can you give our listeners? One that really sticks out in my mind. Um, it was with a company and I cut them a big deal. Like I did like 50% of what I would normally charge because they insisted that they didn't have more budget. So I already was like doing them a favor a little bit, even though granted they're paying me, but I still was just, you know, kind of, it was a, it was a big ask for what they were paying me, but I was still willing to do it. And I sent them photos for approval and they gave me same thing, little direction. And they were like, no, we don't like this. So I reshot it. No, this doesn't work. I must I keep in mind I pay my photographer. So you have a photographer you don't just use uh, our good old iPhone and no. the filtering and FaceTune and not for branded content. I'm we, impressed. I yeah. learned FaceTune from another yeah. podcast interview we had. <laughs> not for um, not for some of these like more serious Yeah, like fashion. if you're paying me, I want to turn out like really so premium what, what content. What a photographer charge for that kind of work? So me and my photographer kind of came up together. So I'm like grandfathered in. So you tag her, the photographer in the, all the work that you are. F- I mean, I pay her still, but she charges me like 50% less of what she charges every single other client because I literally was her second ever fashion client. That's cool. Ever. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted um, you. Yeah. So I, mis- I must've sent them photos five times. So I'm not kidding. And I'm just going to say it. it was for a nail company. And the only thing I could have done to make them pleased was to put my hands against a flat surface, all 10 fingers and taking a photo Yeah, because like I was sending them pictures where my hands could not be more visible. Like it was a zoomed in picture of my hands and they would be like, we could only see the corner of your right thumb. I'm like, but my other nine fingers are showing like it, how much more branded. I'm like, do you understand my audience is just going to read right through this yeah. and realize how branded this is. And it was just, I was like, I don't know what else you want from me because it couldn't, it can't be more obvious. I was holding the packaging in my hand. Their logo was at the center of the photo. It was so clearly visible that finally by the end, I was like, I need more money. And they wound up having to give me more money they because more money. I was like, I've hired a photographer four times. I, I genuinely, I've never known even, I don't even know what else I could do to please you. The other part of that is, and I wonder if pushback on your end uh, speaks to the authenticity, right? Because if, exactly. the, if you're just putting your nails down on a flat surface, that's not authentic to who you are. Well, that's are. what I was saying. I'm like, do you even want this? Because do you understand, this is what brands have to understand. And this is a really important takeaway. We know what works best for our audience. So I know what my audience is going to react to and engage with. And if I'm putting up something that's so sponsored, 
no one's going to like it. Right. No one's going to comment, and no one's going to buy your product. I've so done that. yeah, so yeah. let me do it in my own way. Yeah, do it the way that feels organic to and your, that we to both agree with, but. Yeah. 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 Have you had, I mean, I've done this and I actually mm-hmm. got told at the real real on our podcast launch, I told a story about a oh, yeah. campaign that I did. <laughs> uh-huh. Have you ever done a campaign and then taken the photo down later? Yeah, a lot. And why do you do that? Just so you're not um, happy with the overall look and feel of it or it was just... More so because I nitpick the way my Instagram looks. You want and like if, the, the overall like, yes. aesthetic to look? Yes. Okay. And if something sticks out, I'm like... It just, it's more of a me thing. And you're, al- you I think looked, you're allowed to at a certain point in time on some of the photos. Like I have like a 21 yeah. day period. I can take a photo down after. Totally. But you I could think- archive though. Do you know that? I didn't. Oh, Carl. Okay. So what you could do is you could archive a photo and it doesn't delete it. It just takes it down, but it's saved. So then if a brand emails you and they're like, Hey, where's that photo? Be like, Oh, that's so weird. You didn't see it. And you just quickly put it back up. (laughs) That's good. So the problem with this is I agree with you. Sometimes the aesthetic just doesn't align the product. You decide you don't Mm -hmm. really love anymore. And that's part of your personal brand. Yeah. And here's the biggest issue because I hear it just on the other side in the industry. They get offended when people take down these photos. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they expect the longevity, so mm-hmm. so like how how do you kind of um, communicate that to the brand that if it doesn't align or you don't feel that as your brand evolves it makes sense that mm-hmm. that you're going to take it down or you just don't or I say step number one is not partnering with brands that don't fit with you because it's my it's our fault then because yeah. like why did I agree to do a partnership that I don't feel like is a fit um, so it's like really partner with things that are actually authentic to you is probably number one. Um, Number two is if it's not in the contract to keep it up, then I really have no obligation to. So you should have put that in your contract. Um, So it depends. That's a good point right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've had that too. Yeah. The 21 days after that, Mm -hmm. free to go. Too bad. So, okay, you're doing all these amazing things. You're traveling, mm-hmm. you're working with, by the way, I'm always impressed with Revolve and their growth over the yeah, past couple of years. Crazy. Like, super impressed with them. So, you're working with Revolve, mm-hmm. Shop like any companies that you've loved working with and you'd have, mm-hmm. you've had an amazing experience working with. My favorite companies that I work with are the ones that I actually get to know the brand people or PR people really personally. So, I don't pitch myself like I used to because now I do this full time. So I have face-to-face meetings. So I don't need to pitch myself because I'm going out to dinner with the PR people or the brands people. They know me. So when something comes up, I'm top of mind. My favorite brands to work with, like I really enjoy working with Neutrogena because most of the people that I work with are honestly because I worked in PR. So my coworkers go on to work at different agencies and then they hire me for campaigns, That's which awesome. is good for me. That's huge. But I got introduced so to them. your career in PR, clearly. I say 100% start a job before you just graduate and think you're going to be insta-famous. It's really helped me. Um, but like, for example, I got introduced to Neutrogena through a... Um, PR friends because she used to work with the girl who now works at Neutrogena. I pitched them a project for me and my friend for Coachella. They signed on. We pitched them another project for Fashion Week and their products like people actually use and like. So my followers don't care that it's sponsored because they're like, oh my God, I love that product. They're so interested. And I just got drinks with them last week. Like I like it because I know them. They know me. I 
I know what works, they know what works, and it's just a nice working relationship. So those are my favorite kinds of working relationships to have. The ones where we just like kind of hit it off. And do you like do you have feedback after a campaign? Do you send them the analytics on certain posts? Did yeah. They require that? And yeah. I, like American Express just emails me. I have to send them some analytics so later. <laughs> let's say the analytics maybe are not what they were expecting for mm-hmm. the amount of money they paid you. Yeah. How do you handle that? And what what's the conversation like there? It's more of the influencer's self-doubt than it is. The brand never really says says anything, but they might not rehire you. But as an influencer, you feel an immense amount of pressure because you're like, for example, my story views could range from like 600 views to 6,000. Like literally there is no rhyme or reason. Like some days I'm like, why did this just tank? <laughs> and it just sucks if it happens to tank when it's a day that you're getting hired to post something. Sure. So I say to brands up front, I'm like, look, my story views fluctuate and it is completely out of my control. So I'll usually up front say like, here's a range of what you can expect, but it's embarrassing. It sucks. And what's the most important metric do you think that they look for? Is it impressions? Is it like likes? Is it... People look at impressions. I personally think reach. I think reach is the engagement for sure. Comments, likes, but I think reach is what's the most important because impressions... Okay, for example, reach is, this photo reached 10,000 people, but you could have 16,000 impressions, which means those 10,000 people, 6,000 of them saw it more than once, let's say. But who cares if the same person saw it more than once? I think what matters is how many people you actually reached, because those are like unique individual people. Um, So I don't know, but in PR, we always measured by impressions and engagement and calculated influencers' engagement rate. Yeah. Um, but are the impressions real? I mean, it's almost like these are the eyeballs that could have that's potentially what I'm, seen um, your post. They're pretty legitimate, but it's like I said, why, who cares if someone saw it three times? Yeah. Don't you just care that more people saw it once? It depends. I think it depends. Right? Yeah. So if you see it three times, then maybe again, it resonates it top of yeah. mind and now you're thinking about yeah. it. Fair. Right? Yeah. Fair. But I think you have to have both is my point. Yeah. Like you have to have a, a, like a huge reach and then the impressions will follow. Yeah. Do you think that the shadow ban affects uh, your stories? Um, not necessarily. I don't know what the code is, but like if I have like 30 stories up, then the ones at the end of the day won't see that much. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I, I agree with you on some day. I don't, is there any rhyme or reason to the time of day that you need to post? Cause I've read mm-hmm. certain, yeah, certain areas like Tuesday morning or Tuesday. I mean, maybe like late morning is yeah. like the best time to post on Instagram. Regardless, just because of how yeah. many people are on there. It's so interesting. I I've heard that. I don't know if you've had I, any No, success. I've heard many things like that, and I just don't go by it because I can't, like, I can't crack the code. Yeah, their algorithm and is it, all, like, all weird. Yeah. I a photo from 10 minutes ago and uh-huh. three days ago all in one swipe. And yeah. I can't crack the code, so I don't get myself, over like, crazy over it. I'm just like, I'm going to post when I can post, but I won't post on Saturdays anymore, really. Rarely. Really? No one sees on it. Saturdays. No, Sundays. No. Sunday nights. Sundays are good. Um, no one's on their phone Saturdays for the most part. People are out and traveling and walking around and with family. And uh, um, if a brand asks me to do a sponsored post on a weekend, I'm like, just so you know, the numbers aren't going to be as high as they would on a Monday. Now, do you negotiate any kind of responding? We we talked to Hungry Blonde. Yeah. Gracie, who's oh, awesome. Yeah. She, she's on my podcast next week. She's great. Or this week, yeah. Um, so she kind of mentioned part of her arrangement sometimes is responding to comments. Do you feel obligated to respond to comments in your posts mm-hmm. on a paid post? I do that for two reasons, and a lot of influencers do it. One, it inflates our numbers. So if I get 50 comments and I reply to every single one, I now have 100 100. comments. Two, 
I like to interact with my audience. I want people to know that I am responsive, that I'm a resource to them, and that I appreciate them commenting. So it's really twofold. Um, I think most people do it to inflate their numbers, if I'm being honest. Yes, because I have, I mean, for some things I get a lot of comments yeah. on, but it's more related to reality TV mm-hmm. st- show stuff. And I don't respond. Well, yours is probably more opinions. It's, op- it's opinions. Yeah. So it's, it's been harder, but I would, I hold back a lot of, of responding. Mm-hmm. I would think for you, like, I don't know, like, do you feel obligated or do you like yeah. want to just screw it? I don't feel like responding. I think to it's a nice engagement part too. Right? I don't like feel obligated feel like unless it's like a direct question, but usually it's like pretty babe, you know, it's like whatever. <laughs> so how do you respond to that? Do you like actually you too, boo. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you too, boo. One time I um, had my intern like commenting back on my pictures and I realized that she replied to my old boss being like, Thanks, babe. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I would never talk that way to my old boss. I was like mortified. That's funny. <laughs> what about DMs? How do you feel oh. about that? Um, oh, I have a big struggle with people asking for free advice. And again, that girl that I went to for free advice is a you, big you part. Yeah, she's a big part of why I decided to start my blog. So I like offering free advice. However, I do offer one-on-one consulting sessions that I charge for, and that's because I do have a lot of knowledge. You're because such an entrepreneur. I, thank you. Yeah, because I've worked in the industry, so I'm like I have so much information to give. And sometimes my followers, like people that follow me, they feel like they really know me, but I don't really know them back, and they want like coffee, like. If I took a coffee with every single person that asked me, I would be out seven days a week just offering free advice. So for me, it's like, how do I be that mentor for people without also like drawing a line and not letting every single person that DMs me feel like I'm this unlimited resource for them? Um, So I tell them a lot of times, and this isn't to be rude, but it's just where all the information is. I say, I have an entire career tab on my blog that has everything from when I first started, how to pitch yourself, what to wear, how to, the secret to taking photo shoots outside. It, like I literally have all this information written down or in my podcast, I talk about it a lot. And like, this is me giving, you know, free advice. Yeah. So I say like before, I'm like, sure, I'd love to talk. I offer consulting sessions, but also I have tons of free resources that are out there and I'll send them the links. And then I say, if you still have questions, let me know. And usually they don't come back to me with questions after that, but it's a fine line, you know? No, I agree. And I, I totally understand that feeling of, uh, of look, you're still working full time, yeah. right? So you, how much time can you really dedicate to coffee? I, I personally very much appreciate the fact that you've, you've created all these resources. Mm-hmm. And I was actually going to say it myself, but you filled it in that the podcast is really meant to be educational. And I have on a lot of other influencers that are also giving information. So I'm like, that's a great resource for you as well. So what else could I keep? doing, you know? I think they just want to feel like they know you and get to know you a little bit more, right? Yeah. And they do. And and it's nice. And I appreciate it. And I I answered that on a story because I do Q&As and someone asked me and I wrote that rationale kind of saying like, you know, I struggle with it, but would you guys want me to do a meetup? And the answer was yes. So I think in 2019, I'm going to use my pod, my live podcast likely as an opportunity for me to make it a meetup so I can invite my followers that are New York City based to come in and meet me. Yeah. I think we agree. That's really smart. Yeah. That's really, really good. Because we, we, Dolly and I have even had, like, even at the real real, Mm -hmm. she's got a big pulse of FIT people Mm -hmm. starting retail or starting brands and kind of getting brand, social media, marketing, Mm -hmm. sales advice from us. And we, I mean, I didn't think about it, but she certainly did. Yeah. And we definitely are considering, I think, 
consulting in a manner that's yes. you know, beneficial for them, but also our time. And mm-hmm. that's like, I hear, I respect that a lot. I think that's yeah. awesome. Well, I was thinking of even hosting a um, like brunch of sorts, like seeing if a hotel could partner up with me to host um, like a brunch and, and have some of the people that follow me come where it's like more of an informational session that we could talk and... Yeah, it's interesting because because I've been teaching digital marketing for eight years. Mm-hmm. People ask me that all the time. I'd love to pick your brain. Yeah. I would love to grab a coffee. I, mm-hmm. I really want to learn more about uh, what you do, how we can collaborate, yeah. or even more so, like what other classes should I yeah. be taking? And I feel like I'm continuously disseminating them towards other things as opposed yeah. to circling them back. And this was the first time I actually said, it's a shameless plug, but you should need to totally listen to my podcast. We yeah. have some spectacular people on. But it's the truth. Then, like, that's why we're doing this to be a resource for people. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I do still take coffees with people. I do. I can't, like, I can't say no. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you're very nice. I just can't say yes to every single person. You know. What's so, What's the farthest away you've had someone write you a message from? Just curious, because I've had some hmm. very remote areas. I don't know. <laughs> now that I think about, I mean, I've definitely had people from, like other countries. I would say, yeah, like, like is, um, is Brazil. There, I have a lot of Brazilian followers. Any Australians? I get, Not I get that I've of, written me. Okay. Australians are big on reality TV. Yeah, I get a lot of reality yeah. Australians. Shout out to the reality <laughs> Australians. Well, Alyssa, where, okay, just remind our listeners yes. again, your your Instagram handle is? Yes. So my Instagram handle is publicity, P-U-B-L-Y-S-S-I-T-Y. My podcast, it could be heard on the Anchor app, on um, iTunes, anywhere that you could find podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. And it's called the Publicity Podcast, spelt the same way. Um, and then my website's publicity.com. And, you know, just follow me on Instagram and I link to everything from there. <laughs> That's smart. So, what else yeah. could we? I know you have something exciting for 2019. Yes. You can't tell us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're almost at the end of 2018. I know. Is there anything else that you're really pumped about sharing with our listeners? Hmm. Well, like where you know, I feel where like we I have might, so many things in the works. Well, where do you like to? What's your favorite restaurant that you go out where we might Ooh. see you out in public? You know what I love, Scarpetta. Have you been there? Great spot, so good. Um, that's just top of mind. But yeah, what's Scar- your favorite bar? Oh, I wish I went out more. Um, you don't go out. No, not a lot. We go to like events. Yeah, you, you know, it's events so different. I feel like I'm always going to like gatherings. Um, bar. I'll have to think on that one. Okay. Right now, I'm in a, in brunch? between brunch spot. Brunch spot. I love, um, there's this place by my apartment. I just moved to Gramercy that I've been really wanting to try. Haven't been there yet, so I can't really vouch for it, but it's called Friends of a Farmer. I want to go there. Great oh, spot. I've heard really good things Yeah, about I can that. never get in. There's a line around the corner. I know. But yeah. So I really am like dying to try there. There are some great pop-up shops around there too. Yeah. <laughs> she really does know where all the experiences she, are. <laughs> she misses experience. That's... That's, yeah. her, that's her forte. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, we're hoping, I think, maybe down the line we can do something mm-hmm. collaborative, collaborative yes. regarding an event, podcasting. Yes. Something meaning. She always says meaningful, which is, I think, really We helpful. should do like a um, a panel discussion. Yeah. That would be cool. We should do that. That would be great. I speak on a lot of conferences um, for college students, so I should put you guys in touch. But yeah, we... Um, which it, it's really I was cool. Invite you into one of my classes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, that's how I get a lot of my followers. Actually, too. You asked before. That's I speak I would at never conferences. Have expected that. Looking at your feed and mm-hmm. knowing you personally. Yeah, that's just something like I wouldn't think about. Mm-hmm. That's really smart. But because I have the PR background, I think I'm a good resource for people. So totally. No, yeah. I've learned a lot from. I'm gonna go home and delete my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need a revamp. <laughs> I need to restart it. I need to start a blog and get a scarce space. <laughs> Um, well, listen, I know it's, uh, you got a friend visiting from yes. Jersey <laughs> yeah. and we certainly have busy lives, but thank you for taking the time thank to you. join us and tune in another, another time for one question XYZ. Thank yes. you so much for thank being you, here. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you. Bye. Bye.